Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over there at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Say good morning. Hello, and good morning. And I think you've I think you've done enough videos now that it should be a silent PhD in the middle. Because of my uh, doctorate in... Yeah, doctorate in Faerun uh, Studies, I think is what it was. <laughs> uh, that, that joke has been made a couple times, and I was, like, some people were like, is it is it because you do have a PhD? Like, what? And I'm just like, well... I, I wasn't that smart to think of, of the long-term wish I had of PhD. having a silent PH in the middle of my name, but... Uh, I'm always angry at those people that have more than one PhD. How dare they? <laughs> uh, best... Com- this is unrelated, but uh, just speaking of people commenting on videos, uh, best comment of the morning, I woke up and uh, there was a comment that said, your videos were better when we didn't see your face. And I was like, thank okay. you, internet. I love it. <laughs> Just the wonderful, you keep being you. Every, yeah, every <laughs> once in a while, you just get those really great comments that, yeah. that make you feel all warm and study, fuzzy inside. Yeah. Um, but Maybe that, that person's having a bad day. Yeah, they're you just know, it's day. tough. You don't take it personal. You just keep going. <laughs> and, and you block them, and they're fine. Um, yeah. yeah, we're a Dungeons Dragons uh, talk show. We just kind of talk about all the D&D news. Tasha's is coming out soon. People are Boy. freaking Tuesday. out. Uh, Tuesday, yeah, it's coming right around the corner. Uh, they're gonna have, um, or the the review copy, early copies that Wizard sends out to people have already gone out. out. So I, I know a couple people that have already got it, um, and they're very excited. Apparently, if you if you had to make a winner of Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, Wizards are the winner. They get the majority of the magic items. They get the majority of abilities and new spells mm. and all kinds of stuff like that. Loving it. And then the loser of Uh-oh. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything is monks. Apparently, really? monks don't really get anything cool. Like that's what he, that's well, what I heard. They've got stunning strike, and that's you know a, a mark against them in the first I mean, place. So yeah. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like uh, I was like, okay, but I I have no interest in playing a monk. It's really weird. Like I have a monk in I, my campaign, and actually, there's a monk in my Wildmount game that I'm playing in. And mm-hmm. the only monk that interests me is the elemental one where I can use key to do like flaming hands and stuff. I like that one too. And apparently that's the worst one. Like, oh, no. like if you look through it, like, or I, I statistically or something, like it does the right. worst damage and it's not the most Your efficient use of key and things like that. But I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But if you were playing in a naruto inspired game mm-hmm. or you were playing it you'd you'd be all over the monk and actually yeah like, if we were if we this. were playing a naruto inspired <laughs> yeah. 5e game i would do that or blade singer i think because yeah that blades would be yeah yeah because you can make a lot of cool ki- i mean yeah and just like, when you start to get a little bit crazier like that when the moves are bigger running through tree branches uh all that stuff starts mm-hmm. to make sense in your head then it feels good to kind of play it but if right. you're playing you know like sword and sorcery conan style maybe the monk doesn't seem in your head to fit in as much but. yeah no and i i don't know like i just i don't it's like paladins paladins are supposedly really cool i don't really have any interest in paladins although i did make a paladin a female tiefling paladin of asmodeus that i was like this there would be you fun. go anti paladin and so I was kind of like, oh, that that's kind of a cool idea. And then uh, I like to take characters and, and buff them up. And, and lately my thing has been, what magic item would I build a character around? 
And so that uh, tiefling, or that Zar, or sorry, that uh, tiefling, that paladin of Asmodeus, that was from Zariel's Blade from uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. And I was like, that's a really cool sword. How could I, What I want to build a character around this. And so I built this level 10 paladin. You need to be a paladin of Zariel then. You can't have Zariel's sword and be a paladin of somebody else. Well, no, she works for Asmodeus. He's the god. So, you know, you got divine stuff. I'm not making a pact with Zariel. Although now a pact warlock of Zariel would be kind of cool. There you go. Um, yeah, uh, it's really fun. And Tasha's is going to, I'm going to have all these new builds to play with. It's going to be crazy. Um, I want to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to start a new game so bad, but I just don't have the time to play more games. Well, two of your games are about to end. So really, well, rod of seven parts is coming to an end. Uh, wild mount is also coming to an end and we will, we will see where the goes. Uh, those, those friends, the, the wild mount friends that I play at home with, uh, they want to, they want me to run a game because the DM mm-hmm. is just like, hey, I kind of want to play in a game. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that would be fun. I know we all like to play. So uh, there's that. Um, but uh, I don't think I can. I don't with with the baby and work being busy and videos between YouTube baby and work and just, you know, spending time with my family. Um I can't DM more than one game a week anymore. Right. <laughs> like it's just that, I mean, I'm something will suffer. Like I will not be able to get videos out or I will just never see my child or, uh, I won't get work done. So, mm-hmm. uh, I I've made that, although it's a hard pill to swallow, I've made that decision that I just need to, I need to run one game a week. And so we'll see what that game is in the future. Uh, because running a game at home or running a game in real life, I really like that. And it's fun, but, uh, COVID and other things and ah, and so the online game is really good. But if I'm doing an online game, I kind of want to keep uh, keep streaming and stuff. So I don't know. It's one mm-hmm. of those things. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm supposed to sacrifice sleep. Ooh, I do. I do need my sleep though. I can't <laughs> can't sacrifice that. <laughs> Got to get that beauty sleep. Uh, yeah, I gotta mean, help this, that commenter. This face, out. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that my videos really were open. better when I didn't show my face. <laughs> Was, so I'm clearly getting not more getting sleep enough is what sleep. It was. Yeah, it's exactly what's happening. <laughs> um, so Tasha's is out. Uh, you can I, there's lots of videos you should go out. I think uh, Ted from Murder Mission did Reddit. a five and a half hour live stream oh, where on. people just asked him questions and then he would flip through the book and be like, "Oh yeah, that's how it works." And I was like, and, and I saw him start that and I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And then around. Uh, really late i was ready to go to bed i saw that he was still streaming and i popped on and i'm like go to bed like what are you doing (laughs) and he's just like oh you're hassling me now too but he looks so tired i was like just to talk in front of the camera for five hours is like what yeah uh but yeah so uh what what is happening with uh like youtube and stuff because i saw there was a uh lore you should know about tasha did they yeah. go into detail with that? Yeah, Jeremy, I, I put in there Tasha, and Tasha. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Crawford talked to um, Greg Tito about Tasha. And uh, if you go far enough in that video, it's confirmed Tasha was born in Detroit. Detroit but you didn't know Michigan. that. That's not confirmed. But uh, that is something that's in uh, Greg Tito's headcanon, just okay. so you know. But they do talk about how there's a rumor or a theory that Tasha either lived in on earth our earth or came from here 
Oh, is it like uh, that's running how, around? Um, mm. Elminster visited Ed Greenwood and yes. told him all the stories of the Forgotten Realms. He didn't. That's kind of like they they do talk about that, but they do talk <laughs> about because even in first edition they were talking about the how she's tied to Baba Yaga, which mm. is from here. Well, okay, yeah. And the idea is that Baba Yaga is the one that pulls her from or allows her to move from one of these places to the other as she's growing up. Yeah, Baba Yaga. So there's an interesting tie. Yeah. Ha- yeah, Baba Yaga is Tasha's uh, adopted mother. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's very interesting. So you can put a bunch of cool stuff in there. Um, and then at the end of it, they 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 fake spoil that she's really um, Natasha uh, Black Widow from the Avengers was the other <laughs> <laughs> the other thing they said because Tasha has been known to also be called Natasha at times. Yes. So there was a couple of things in there. It was a really interesting thing, and I, I think one of the things that um, Jeremy talked about is how interesting of a character Tasha becomes the more you dive into it. And yeah. he said even their whole studio become very enamored with finding out more and more stuff about this character and how deep that type of character is um, somebody who comes from somewhere else, grows up uh, amongst gods and demigods and in these places and planes. And then, uh, you know, is involved with so many different crazy, different beings with throughout the the multiverse here that there's a lot of interesting history with this character. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. You know? And, and uh, so I think it's a good video to watch if you haven't got into it. I'm sure most of it's in Tasha. Another hint he throws out there is that you will notice that Tasha's quotes have a lot more modern language, a lot hmm. more modern grammar so lazy than you writing. get from okay. some of the other. Yeah, yeah there you go. And he, and he did claim that some of it was he wrote some of those. So that's probably oh, part of it. So, fun. But I think they are leaning towards a connection. And that's always something that's evocative, I think, for most people, if the books are always better if you if you can imagine maybe one day it'll happen to you. You'll fall through the Alice's Wonderland or whatever, and then there you go. You know, oh, I found this rabbit hole, and I climb in, and oh, my mm. God, now I'm in this whole new upside-down world or whatever. Um, so I think that's pretty cool, and I like the idea. But even getting past the lore, come on, 22 subclasses, new rules, new magic items, new stuff. I mean, it's just – it is a huge book. You combine that with um, – our other book of everything at this point. And it's insane. It's like, there's so much to choose from. It's crazy. So that was what they did. They did, uh, they didn't do too much more on the book itself. D and D beyond has been blasting videos out left and right. They had one on group patrons. So you can talk about group patrons, which shows up in there. They do a deeper dive on the artificer class. And then they did a couple of videos on, each of the subclasses of it. So there's like, mm. you can watch four different videos on D&D Beyond about them talking about it. Alchemist, Artillerist, and Battlesmith, all mm. pretty cool. And I'm sure lots of people want to play some of those classes. Then they had a really interesting discussion called switching subclasses. And they he, uh, uh, Ken, brought it up as just, they, were, they have a building character um, show. And he mentioned, you know, with all these new subclasses, what is your... What does your dungeon master do? What does your player do? How do you address this in your campaign? Do you try to figure it out narratively and let them change? Do you tell them, no, they're stuck with their character? You know, what What do you do? And they kind of got in that discussion and James Heck is on that video and he mentions, well, it's funny you say that, that this is addressed in the book. So they actually address 
switching subclasses or changing up the character you're playing yeah. Tasha's. So I thought that was it, because that's not something we saw on Reddit. Maybe we saw it on Ted's, if you guys, I guess, watched Ted's five-hour marathon of show all. But <laughs> Yeah, and like... I hadn't heard that I yet. mean, so I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Like, narratively, there, there could be some really cool things. Like, maybe... Uh, like, if you're a warlock, maybe your patron changes. Or if you're a cleric, maybe your god... You know, it's like, oh my gosh, they killed my god, but this one took its place, so now I'm getting powers from that god. So you're, you change mm-hmm. your subclass... But a lot of subclasses, it kind of feels like, well, why would you do that? I don't know. Not not why. Yeah. Like narrative. Or could like, you how would a, a narrative? How would a, re- thief, re- yeah. how would a thief be like? Well, I used to be a scout. Now I'm a. Now I'm an assassin. I don't know. I guess you could change it, but I don't know. But most people might not even change that way. They might change their whole class, right? They might want to go to a whole yeah. new, a whole new thing. So, I think that's what the discussion was around in your campaign in Jordan's campaign. Mm-hmm your players come up to you and say, man, this really cool new book is out. Look at all this cool stuff. And I want to do some of that stuff. Do you then push back and say, okay, but you got to give me a narrative reason. Or do you say, yeah, man, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Actually, we don't this, care if there's a narrative reason. Legit. This just happened because uh, yeah. LB is playing in my rod of seven parts game. And mm-hmm. she sent me a message and she's like, so I, I kind of wanted to try this, this, uh, I think it's the inquisitor rogue. Mm-hmm. And and we're level 11 now, but she's like, I have so many better uses for my bonus action than to grant somebody else help. And we're not doing the kind of detective things that she kind of maybe thought we were going to do, like in cities and stuff. And so mm-hmm. she's like, can I switch it to assassin? And I'm like, yeah, if you're going to have more fun, like just be an assassin <laughs> instead. So she, uh, yeah, she changed her thing. And that that's kind of how it works. Like I had that where... I was like, hey, uh, my Warforge Eldritch Knight 7, like, I, I took this cantrip. I thought it'd be cool. It's not. Can I Can I swap it out? And they were like, yeah, yeah. who cares? Because a lot of times it's like, who cares? Like, if you're not having fun with it, that's fine. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, is like, I don't know. They always, they always have these rules where I'm like, the DM can bend whatever rule they want, except we have to have them for Adventure League and things like that. Uh, because right. then it's just like, well, you can't, you know? And mm-hmm. and then you get those kind of jerk DMs who are just like, well, no, yeah. the rules say you can't do it. And it's like, but yeah. but well, where's your cutoff? Yeah. Is there a cutoff at some point where you say, you know, are you going to let them do anything? No, I would not let them do anything because so you've uh, got a cut. You've got a level where you're going to say, yeah, because okay, enough's enough. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this a couple. Well, I was talking about it with some friends that uh, you have the the player that just wants to try everything. So it's yeah. like, okay, we played for two levels and I was a cleric. Now I want to be a barbarian. And it's like, okay, we'll figure out how to kill that character and bring in this one. Or maybe we swap things. Okay, you're a barbarian now. And then like three levels later, actually, I want to be a warlock who, you know, summons a giant fish or something. It's like, okay, uh, may- maybe for the sake of the story and all of us working together, you stick with one guy for a little bit. <laughs> and if you really don't like it, that's fine. But we're not changing your your entire character every like three or four you know whatever. Um, but no, if if I took a eldritch invocation or something, or if I took a feat, and it's like mm-hmm. you know what I don't I don't really can I just swap it out? Like I would yeah because I want my players to have fun, and that's right. not fun to be like sorry you're stuck into this. I know we've been yeah. playing for a year and a half and you love this character, but like mm, shouldn't have, shouldn't have taken mobile. It's just a bad feat yeah. for you. Like I don't know so. Yeah, I like it if they come to me with a narrative reason or a reason they want to switch something 
um, they didn't like how, like you, like you said, maybe I took um, chilling touch because I thought that was going to be a little bit cooler, but really I, well, I feel like cool. maybe I should it's just chilling, go firebolt. So. Right. Yeah. I should just go firebolt or something. And you're like, <laughs> okay, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But I think my limit is when they start to try to min max the maximum, like they're just going super crazy on the maximum. So they're trying to get certain feats. They're trying to get, and you can tell it's only to up their damage total mm-hmm. per swing. Like if it's just getting bigger damage total per swing, then I'm a little bit more like, ah, come on, you, come up with cool ways to use what you've got. But if it's, Hey, I just want this cool thing. Cause now I'm a robot and I want my, I want my fist to throw out like a rocket fist and hit something. That's right. just cool imagery to me. Yeah. Let's make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> let's find a way that that's going to work. If it isn't just about how do I up my raw damage number per swing basis, then I'm pretty, yeah. pretty good with it. Um, and even then I power game a little bit. Um, oh, we play, I play little. with power gamers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mine's like your, um, yeah. What was your AC on your seven? Oh, wasn't it ridiculous uh, amount? 20, 21, 22 or something? Yeah, it's starting to get to ridiculous amount. I could cast shield if I want to. So then it's up to like 26, 27 for a, a round. Um, yeah. Your DM hated you. No, yeah. He, he, <laughs> and he started attacking the other players. And it was kind of yeah, it was like, funny because you're like, anymore. I'm supposed to be taking the hits. Uh, but if he can't hit me, you're right. Like if I, if I was a monster and I'm like, I can't chew through this guy, I'm going to go after this thing. That's hitting me from the side. So it's kind of interesting, but yeah, I don't know. That was the whole, that was the whole point of that character is I wanted to see how tough it could be. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. So I thought it was interesting. I think it's a conversation that everybody's probably having at their table at the five E table. For those of you that are playing fifth edition, this book is definitely going to generate the, players going to their DM and asking some questions. What can we use? What are you going to allow? Can I change some things? Maybe I've been a ranger this whole time and they finally come up with a subclass ranger that I love, like that they just haven't had yet. Or maybe artificer was kind of cool, but now the new, the new way they're introducing artificer really has got me. So I want to do this thing. So it's interesting to, that I think all of us are going to be having those discussions in the next couple of weeks as we move into our holiday gaming. Mm-hmm which I bet is going to be pretty big this year because if everybody's pretty much COVID locked up anyways, I bet there's a lot of people just, you know, playing their games online um, at night after work and Mm -hmm. having good time. So I think that's great. This is a good time for this book to come out. I think it's super popular for Wizards of the Coast. I think when you were saying the winners of this was wizards. I was thinking, yeah, wizards of the coast are going to make a ton of money off. Of oh it. no, you no. Meant the class. Wizards. Yeah. The, the wizard class. Yeah. <laughs> and then I caught on what you were talking about. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, is there any single one that is your favorite that's coming with this book? Oh, classes like subclasses. Just, yeah. Just the, the new introduced, we didn't have it before subclass coming in one of the 22, um, well, okay, yeah, I, I mean, everybody knows, but it's the, the genie warlock, I think. Cause like I've been wanting, right. I've been, I homebrewed a genie warlock a while ago. And like, I, I just, I mean, it feels so warlocky. Um, mm-hmm. And partially because I was reading the second edition Al Qadim campaign setting, which takes place in Zakara, which is another continent in the Forgotten Realms. And they have a uh, genie mages. Uh, or mages that make deals with genies, and they're called the Sha'ir. And mm-hmm. the Sha'ir are mechanically 
kind of, I would, I don't think I'd ever play one, but thematically really cool. So mechanically in AD&D with the Sha'ir, you are, uh, hey, I want to cast a spell. And so you use your action and your little genie friend pops up and it's called a Jan and you make a, you have like a little genie companion and you, you talk to him and you say, hey, uh, Jan, I want to cast Burning Hands. And he's like on it and he disappears to the elemental plane of fire to find that spell. And when he finds it, he brings it back to you and then you can cast it. But the catch is, is you have to roll like a D6 or a D4, depending on like how high the level is. And it's that many rounds before he comes back. So you're like, I want to cast Burning Hands. He's like, okay. And then you're like, all right, three rounds later, I'll be able to do the thing I wanted to do. That's not fun, mechanically. Yeah. Like that's really, that's bad. Um, but I liked it because you could, uh, it was always a negotiation and the genie mm-hmm. could get elemental spells really easy, but divine spells, it would have mm-hmm. to go to the God. So it's like, okay, I really need to cure wounds. And he's just like, Ooh, I gotta, mm, okay, let's go see if, uh, you know, <laughs> how you doing? Salute. <laughs> I really need a cure <laughs> yeah. wounds for my genie. It doesn't worship you. No, not at all. And so from a role play aspect, it would be kind of cool to have like, like you, he comes back and he's just like, I couldn't get that spell. And actually you're in a lot of trouble with Salune now. And it's like, yeah. what? But so, I did get you healing word. So here you go. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Um, yeah. And I think that would be fun. if you wanted to, the genie warlock, you could play that up really well. Like, yeah. like, yeah, if you're uh, especially if you're packed of the um, chain. And I would, yeah. I would totally reflavor a pixie or an imp as being one of your mm-hmm. jans and the jan can yeah. fly around and stuff. So. Uh, it's it's a, it's really cool, and and genies are a big part of Zakara um, because of uh, lots of influences. But yeah, it was it's interesting. So, and so it kind of made cool. sense for that region to have it. So I don't know. Yeah, but I I really like I've always liked uh, Middle Eastern mythology, and I like I like genies and things like that. So it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. So very cool. I'm I'm excited for the Drake Warden for sure. Mm. Pet dragon. I'm in. I mean, yeah. I'm just like, and like the the runner up to that's the battlesmith with the pet robot dog. I mean, yeah. if and I can have a robot that they dog, changed so that you can <laughs> yeah. actually like summon an undead or summon this that's kind yeah. of scales with levels. So I'm all good. about it. I'm all about it. But I'm interested to get into it because I've only, I barely, I didn't go out to Reddit and look at all of the things that they got leaked. So I've still not really seen a ton of it. Um, so I'm interested to get it on Tuesday and to take a look at it and to go through. I always love a wizard, so I'm, I'm interested to see all the new wizard stuff you're saying yeah. is in there, which is going to be lots pretty of, cool. Lots of good magic. And I'm items. sure our show next next week will be ch- chocked full of Tasha talk. So yeah, next week's show is Saturday morning Tasha talk. So yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, uh, the errata came out, um, yeah, which had uh, – so the they did errata for Rising from the Last War, Eberron, and mm-hmm. for uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide – basically reflecting what was in uh, t- or what is going to be in Tasha's. Uh, so if you're curious about the changes to Artificer and the changes to the Bladesinger and stuff, you can go download that. Uh, yeah. There, Anyway, yeah, really cool. Uh, the, the Artificer got a lot of changes, actually, um, to make it more... I don't know. They just fine-tuned it a little bit. And I think you you get your homunculus at, like, level 2 rather than level 6. So a lot of, a lot of changes to the overall class... Um, but the blade singing wizard, the the really cool thing that I liked is that at level six you get extra attack where you can take two attacks or two mm-hmm. attack, yeah, 
two attacks with one attack action. Um, but the catch now is you can replace one of those with a cantrip. So I could, you know, and then going back to our Naruto game, like yeah. that's why I would want to play a blade singer. Cause like I could attack with a sword and then like lightning palm strike shocking grasp or something and then run away yeah. really fast. Like that would be fun. Yeah. Ch so, Chidori. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it opens up a lot of really cool stuff. Also, because it's a cantrip, you could do a lot of interesting things like uh, blade blade ward. You know, where you uh, have dis or you you are resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and stuff like that. Yeah. So you could forego one of your attacks to get a defensive stance and then still attack once. And I like yep, that. Very so cool. It's uh, there, it's cool. Is there anything that lets you do two cantrips around? Um, there is. It is, is there a combination uh, that let you do it? Well, there's a magic item in Eberron. Um, it's some oh. bracers for warlocks that let you cast a cantrip, and then you can cast the same cantrip as a bonus action if you have that magic item. I need that so, in my game. That would be because I could. There'd be some good characters around that yeah. too. No, it, a we, dual cantrip. Uh, our uh, the warlock in my Rod of Seven Parts game, she got those, and she's base. We call it a Gatling gun now. Cause yeah. you know, like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast Eldritch Blast as a cantrip. That's three attacks at level eleven or whatever she's at, and then yeah. as a bonus action, she gets another three attacks. So she's just like yeah. boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. that's that cinematically sounds so good. Yeah, it's, fun. <laughs> it's super fun. So very cool. So that's cool. Arata's out. You can find that on the Dungeons and Dragons um, webpage. Yep. And next Tuesday should be out. I assume that's when it will drop is late Monday night or Tuesday morning for D&D Beyond, I'm assuming. Um, I don't think they get it any earlier than anybody else, but I don't know exactly what time it drops for them. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people will be getting it and creating new characters that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying sure. some things out. So another video I saw that was out there was really good because I always loved the Matt Colville videos. Me and you are huge fans. He was talking about hot start campaigns or having a hot start in a campaign where the can everybody's at the and all right, you're fighting on a flying dragon, jumping from airship to airship, or you know, just like full craziness roll initiative from the start of the very first campaign yeah. session. Just like you're in the thick of it. Ah, um, and so there was a lot of people talking about you know the ways they've done their campaigns with hot starts. I was thinking, have you done any of your campaigns with a hot start where you just threw them right into combat just immediately? Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't really remember. So they all uh, started in taverns? No, not all Meet of them. But like, I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> I've, I ran a lot of. Uh, I've I've run a lot of pre-written stuff too. Yeah. And so pre-written stuff usually it's like here's where you start, and it's a and, and a lot of those are written so that people can get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Um. But Dragon on the Mount is kind of a hot start. Yeah, I guess it is. It can you know? be. That's not a campaign. That was just a, a right. shot. But no, that I wanted that to be where you're like, you show up and it's like, okay, go to bed. And towns then you go to fire. bed and <laughs> there's a bunch of towns on fire. Um, yeah. But uh, no, but I like this idea because you could say you're on an airship and it's falling. What do you do? And you're, everyone's like, what, what? Uh, he also in that video talked a lot about... Um, you're in a jail together. And that's kind of another common one where it's like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's a good but one. the yeah, jail ship. and having amnesia is kind of annoying where you're like, how did we get mm -hmm. here? What's going on? And I like that he addressed that. And specifically he was talking about out of the abyss and why out of the abyss works. And it works mm -hmm. because you don't have amnesia and you're there with other prisoners and you can talk to them and coordinate an escape and figure it out. And it's, it's mm -hmm. a good, 
it's a and I love the opening to Out of the Abyss where you have yeah. no equipment, you're stuck <laughs> in a in a cage and you're just like, what am I gonna do? I'm level one. I literally can't do anything, and you have to use <laughs> the resources of the people around you and stuff. It's it's cool. That's a, yeah, I still want to run Out of the Abyss so bad. It's just a fun game. It's really cool. Quintus in chat was saying, uh, in media res is mm -hmm. what the writers media call res, it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, in, so in I, the, I learned something today. It's Latin. It's like in the, <laughs> the middle of the action or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've done a couple. I've done a couple where um, they were on a ship that got attacked. Um, I've also done a flashback where I put them in a battle and then, and then flashback to when, you know, they're actually starting out. Mm -hmm. So there's a battle that's, you know, that's, way in the future type thing i think it's kind of a cool one to do but i've also done hey you meet in the tavern so yeah. i've done the well, cliche and, also you know, a lot of seven parts <laughs> they met in a tavern um, but they were there for a very specific purpose and when they all got there uh you know the demons showed up and the tavern started like crumbling down and they were like what's happening so there was a yeah. lot of uh a lot of that going on but uh i've never been like Okay, guys, you're all ready to play? Great. You're Roll on initiative. fire. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. like, and I should. Maybe my next game I'll do something yeah. fun. So. That'd be fun. So so that was a good video. He always puts out a good video, and it always generates a lot of good discussion. Um, he's such a good writer, too, so it's always good to listen to some of the ideas that he comes up yeah. with. Um, I noticed you had a Humble Bundle out there you were excited yeah. about. So, uh, I, I, so now, sorry, I, Dungeon Crawl Classics had a Humble Bundle. Uh, and they still do, drink. still up there. Uh, drink, yeah. And was very excited <laughs> for that. And so then I kind of like subscribed to Humble Bundle and they have like mm -hmm. an affiliate program and I'm like, I'll sign up for this. Uh, and so it's kind of fun. And then I didn't realize how much RPGs they actually do through Humble oh, Bundle. Oh, tons, yeah. But like lots, like I got a Star Trek one, but I, I didn't realize. And so now they're doing- Plus I got Pathfinder. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so now they're doing Conan. So you can pay a dollar and get like the player's guide and a bunch of other stuff. If you pay $8, you get all these books and it's really Character cool. creation in that was fun. Um, well, I didn't get to play Conan? the game. I was going to ask you. Like, I, haven't I didn't get it. to play it. I created a character because I was going to play it online and then the game got called at a convention. Um, it was one of the online ones and then the I think the DM couldn't make it or something. But I'd spent the day before creating the character and just okay. kind of reading about the rule set. It's a very interesting book. It's a little bit more in depth. Um, takes a little time to figure out what certain things mean or what's going on. But uh -huh. they put a lot of time into it. And Modifius makes quality material. Yeah, they do it really is quality stuff. stuff. So I'm sure that's a good sale. Yeah. Do so they give you what else do they get with it? Well, okay, so a dollar is free RPG day, so I think it's an adventure. The Player's mm -hmm. Guide, Quick Start, um, a code to get 30% off the book in print, um, and then nice. a book called The Art of Conan, which is all the cool art that yeah. they have. Um, $8, cool. you get the core book, uh, an adventure, uh, I think another adventure, and a Game Master screen. And then $15, you get like a just a ton of books and it looks like like yeah. conan the king conan the adventure conan the pirate so i'm assuming these are all adventures or uh add-ons of some kind but like that's mm -hmm. 15 dollars, and you're getting i mean i know they're all pdfs but there's so much of us that are doing I, I i don't like pdfs at the table but there's so much of us that are building characters on a pdf online and they're doing all mm -hmm. this other stuff and you're talking about this and you're you're highlighting and quoting things to back and forth to people that uh I, 
prefer PDFs. So I would definitely yeah. be like, we should get all of this. And then me, if I like it, I can go buy the book for $30 and have it at the table. But yeah. we can also- Or you just want to sit down while you're eating, so. you know, your lunch or something. You got yeah. it over on your, your tablet or something. You pull up the PDF yeah, yeah. just to read I, through well, it. Well, that's the thing. thing is I don't like actually reading PDFs on tablets, but I'll read them on the computer screen. For okay. <laughs> tablets don't, I don't know. I'm not a tablet guy, but you just got a better um, tablet. That's all. Maybe I do need a better tablet. But anyway, uh, yeah, check it out. <laughs> it's an affiliate link, so a little bit comes back to the to the channel and stuff. So if you're interested in that, <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, I don't. I mean, I want to get this, and I probably will because it's only fifteen dollars. But at the same time, I I am just I have so many RPGs, and I just don't think I'm gonna ever be able to play them. Uh, no, I'm at this point say. buying things I will never play. Yeah, I, I've just resigned to know that that's happening. And I was talking to somebody <laughs> the other day about Lancer. And yeah. I want to play a Lancer game. I didn't know Lancer was built on the fourth edition D&D mechanic system. No. What? Yeah. I know that. Well, I mean, it's similar. And so you have a lot of moves that like, so anyway, they were, the, oh. what, what they were talking about is that combat takes a long time in Lancer. And I was like, oh. And so then I was just like, I really liked fourth edition. Like, and actually like a giant mech battle. Si oh, now I want to play Lancer so bad. The, the artwork in it is freaking amazing. So good. So it is good. so good. Yeah. So good. It's good. Uh, Elise, well, I've got hello. It. Happy late birthday, <laughs> I think, Elise. So welcome. Yeah, I thought I saw that on Twitter. Birthday yeah. and her two-year anniversary on DM's Guild, I think, is yeah. what she said. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, so yeah. the one I did that was like 11 or 12 bucks or 14 bucks is how I got Pathfinder 2nd Edition yeah. and PDF stuff. And I think because I did like 11 or 12, they also threw in Starfinder. So I was just like, oh, yeah. how can you not have... 22 different PDFs of Pathfinder mm -hmm. stuff for like 11 or 12 bucks or something on a humble one of one, you know, back when they did it. I was mm -hmm. like, you can just get so many good things. But yeah, I'm at that same point where I'm buying stuff I'm, I'm probably not going to get to play, but they're so good. <laughs> I have to do it. Yeah. But there are some Kickstarters out there I saw that you might be interested in if you mm -hmm. want to spend that 11 or 12 bucks. Um, Wild Sea, I just backed this morning. You might have saw any of those following me on Twitter would have seen. I did it. I pulled the trigger on Wild Sea. I love the concept. Listen to this concept. Um, everybody goes to bed. They wake up. And from the West, vines and growth and trees and bushes and all of nature has just exploded like green lightning. They almost, you know, like an upside down green lightning. It's just like the whole okay. world has been covered. And they called it the verdancy is what's happened. And now the world is about how do you survive in a in a world that's just been chocked full of things. And that what they do is this whole book is about, and they've got some cool pictures on it, is you're a crew of a ship that has chainsaws on the bottom and they ride the green wild sea <laughs> to go to places and do things. I'm like, here's my money. Come yeah. on, what kind of cool idea is that? And the whole part is you make your ship and you talk about how it works and they've got all kinds of cool artwork. And I'm like, and um, they show a graph of, the system's built on like Blades in the Dark. So it's a very oh, narrative yeah. D6 system. Yeah, that's a great So it's system. like everything is like you roll, you know, six, triumph, five to four, conflict, three, two, one, disaster. If you roll doubles, there's twists. And I just like, oh my God, that sounds like fast and furious role playing when you're when you're getting that kind of stuff going on. So it just sounds really cool. And I backed it. So I can't wait to get that. Um, all of it looks good. There's a guy in a in a wheelchair with a crossbow and he's got like a uh, a captain's uh, monocle looking uh, telescoping um, way to look out into the far area. They've got all kinds of like um, plant creature character class. It looks like there's mm. just a bunch of stuff. So it looks really good. Um, 
I just love the idea of chainsaw ships. <laughs> I mean, they've got some really cool stuff in there. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, so that's called Wild Sea RPG out on Kickstarter. It just started backing. When did they start? No, they got 10 days to go on that. They're yeah, definitely already like, yeah, funded. It's funded. But so uh, it's pretty good. So yeah, that's Blades a good in the one. Dark is a good system. So Yeah. Everybody raves about it. And I keep wanting to play a good Blades in the Dark one. So that'd be pretty good. Um, another one that was out there, I thought people might be interested. Urban Shadows. This is from the company I, when I did all my Gen Con um, games, I was working with Magpie, who are the people that put out um, masks they put out urban shadows they're doing an urban Shadows second edition i have my first edition i got this book by running um games at gen con for them so i got to pick one of their rpgs mm -hmm. for free from the booth and this is a good game i ran this game at gen con which was really fun um it is a powered by the apocalypse game so another you know kind of very similar to blades in the dark kind of game um very cool mark diaz truman i got to meet him and he signed my book which was really cool really nice guy and Andrew uh, Medeiros, and it's a very Dresden Files, very um, Blade, the movie, very, um, there's vampires and werewolves and ghosts and mm -hmm. supernatural and modern day. So it's like modern day. This one, they they kind of do some Chicago stuff and they do like, they pick another city like London or something. Mm -hmm. And I think in the new version, they pick a couple of different cities too. And they talk about how to build your city how to decide. And at, when you create your campaign, you have all your players around you and they decide things. So like when you say, okay, let's talk about what our vampires are going to be in the, in our game. Are they the twilight type vampire? Are they the blade type vampire? Are mm -hmm. they, you know, the Dracula type vampire and the whole group gets to decide how we want, or do they have sparkle skin or whatever? You know, <laughs> you know like, okay. So what about the werewolves and the clans and what happens with them? Can they only turn, you know, so you get to go and build your campaign in that with your players, mm -hmm. which is really fun. So second edition is out there. Um, they're pretty much about to wrap up their Kickstarter, if you want to jump in on that one. Our friends, me and you talk about uh, the Cypher system all the time. We mm -hmm. love Monty Cook games. They're, they're doing one called Heroes right now. So yeah. it's all a superhero one that looks really good. Artwork like looks fantastic. Heroes of the Cypher system. Yeah, so they're yeah, using Heroes of the Cypher system. Numenera so Cypher that's system. another cool one. I'm still waiting on my Tolis, which is coming from them because yeah. I did their last one. I still might do this one. They they do a good job of if you miss the original campaign, you can still back it a little bit later on. And I try to back one Kickstarter a month if I can so my wife doesn't go absolutely crazy on me because <laughs> I'm backing too many games. So I'm, I'm hoping that maybe I might pick this one up next as my next month's yeah. game maybe since but I just this, picked up This Wild looks like a, you're playing superheroes and stuff with the Cypher system. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, and like emergency cool. first responders yeah, kind of thing where you have superpowers, but you're a first responder. So you're there to help with fires and earthquakes and, mm -hmm. and bad accidents and snowstorms and hurricanes and things. I thought that's a cool take to take it on superhero route. I mean, you still can be the Marvel type universe one, or you still could be, you know, fighting big supervillains, but that's a cool take to think about. What if you're just there to help in natural disasters mm -hmm. and that's how you've used your powers and things. And, and then maybe eventually you fight a, a supervillain or something later on, but your, your basis is in helping it during natural disasters is how your campaign starts. I thought that's a cool uplifting kind of fun session that I've never even thought about doing with a, with a superhero thing. Have you, are you big into, would you play a superhero RPG? Have you played any? I, I have not played any. Um, I, it's, I don't know. Uh, I mean, short answer, yes. Uh, I would play in a superhero game because I like, I like superheroes and 
we were just talking about X-Men uh, yesterday and how yeah. it would be fun to be like, no, craft your mutant power and actually like play a game like that. Especially with the the um, the racism that's in X-Men. Like the, you know, where right. it's like, oh, they don't like mutants because they're different yeah. and things like that. That Full would also xenophobia. be something in interesting yeah. to explore. Um, uh, being like a mutant, you're like, oh, so that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, and also just like, yeah, let's take down Magneto, blah, it'd be fun. Um, but I haven't, uh, it's, it's interesting though. Cause like Starfinder doesn't appeal to me. Um, mm -hmm. Spelljammer does, but like the actual, uh, and what's the other one that's uh shadow shadow run where you're like yeah. a hacker and you're doing stuff and, like the yeah, cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. I've never really been into the cyberpunk thing, oh but mothership playing like the alien RPG. Like I would all, I really want to play those. So it's not that I don't like sci-fi. It's just kind of. I don't know. And so, and I think uh, superheroes are like that too. Like, I, I don't want to be like a It'd Dudley Do Right and fly around. Not Dudley Do Right, but like, you know what I mean? Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to necessarily do that, but if you could do like a more interesting one where it's like, I don't know, like, and we Street you should level. do heroes, like the, the old yeah. show Heroes, which did not end well, but the premise was really cool no. that there was an eclipse and then all these people had powers and they were like, what? Yeah. And how do you well, do that? Well, that first season even was just mind blowing. The it whole, really you know, save yeah. the cheerleader, save the world yeah. when you don't know what's going on yeah. yet. I mean, it, it goes off the rails later on, but yeah. it starts super strong for sure. Yeah. I think that, you, or like, you know, street level. That's why I liked on Netflix, you could watch Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, you know, I love those. Even if you weren't getting the big mega blockbuster hero ones, you were mm -hmm. getting the street level hero ones. Daredevil was a fascinating, you know, one. So I thought it was interesting. I'm a huge superhero fan, so I like them all. So I have a bunch of them yeah. already. I have four already RPGs to play. Yeah, because you superheroes. talk about masks a lot, and I've never played yeah. it or read it. I love it masks. So. I should run it for you at some point. Thank I should you. run it for Thanksgiving. you. Yeah, I should have run it for you and LB, and we can probably get a couple of other, other regulars to come play with us. I think it'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so that one's out there. Um, after emerging from the fall, a 5e TTRPG. So uh, Wild Sea is its own system. Urban Shadows is based on Powered by the Apocalypse. Heroes is based on Cypher System. Look at all these game systems I'm bringing you guys. After emerging from the fall is a 5e campaign setting. If you're looking for basically a post-apocalyptic, but using 5e And fi 5e, is that good? Like, do you like that I one? think it's, I've heard it's okay. good. I mean, I've heard it's pretty good. Um, I'm sure you could use your Tasha's book in it as oh, okay. in conjunction so it all work out. But uh, good evocative artwork. Um, it shows kind of cyberpunk and post-apocalypse. You could do a Mad Max game in 5e. Um, so I thought that was interesting. They've already um, won their backing. They've got a couple of hours to go left before they go on that one. So that one's an interesting. And the last one I bring to you, Crown of the Oathbringers is a campaign setting. Um, and what was interesting in this one, another 5e, so 5e one, they had some charts of some um, uh, surveys they did. So they said, um, which they, they showed some surveys here about which player settings do you enjoy playing the most? Please choose maximum of three. And there's a big list in there. And amazingly enough, the biggest one there is Feywild. So of all these people, 754 people voted for Feywild as being a really cool 
um, thing. So the, the campaign is cool. They're doing this other thing, but they had a bunch of these surveys that I thought buried in their campaign thing. I thought, oh, these were interesting. I bet Jordan would like to look at these. Or I like all planar settings, 667 people voted for that. And just seeing which ones are are way up there and which ones are, are not just up see there. Like, uh, what kind low. of a game you want to play is kind of the idea. Yeah. Or yeah, which okay. planar setting do you enjoy? And then they did another one. How do you feel about sandbox adventures? So they had 2000 responses and you know, one, two or three, one being you don't really like them Four oh, being you really okay. like them. Three kind of came in the middle as you know, so it sounds like oh, for yeah, the this m- is most part people like sandbox. And then they had which classes make the best arch villains. They had a, you mm-hmm. know, 2000 responses to that. And Paladin was up there and wizard. So people are using a lot of their villains as paladins and wizards. So and that has nothing probably to do with the Kickstarter itself, but I just thought those are interesting things to put into your campaign to say, Oh, you guys went out there and you really listened to what, you know, people were saying, you got some feedback and you guys are creating this cool, this cool narrative of um, crown of the oath breakers. So five E thing. So I thought, Oh, that's pretty cool. Dark adventure campaign taking characters from levels five to 12. So there you go. Um, thought it was very interesting. So those are the things I saw that popped up on oh. Kickstarter for me. Bunch a wand of, stuff. of the mimic. See, you're uh, already is a tool it. to turn your couch into a vicious watchdog. That is really cool art. That is <laughs> a really cool wand. Holy cow! That that caught my eye. <laughs> this might be worth it just for that. That's really cool. Um. Oh, oh Killer, Killer Rue says, yo, came in just as Jordan said, not interested in Starfinder, but I like Spelljammer. He's like 100% me too. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, He's I, just, with you. I like I like the magic, but I, I don't know the whole like I've got a hacking skill. And it's kind of the going back to that actually really briefly. Uh, I really enjoy I, I don't think I'll ever play a Vampire the Masquerade game, mm-hmm. but uh, there was uh, Mage the Awakening with all of that, where I would love to play a real world, like we're, we're on earth RPG, but there's a secret magical underworld, but I don't want to play a secret vampire underworld. I don't want to play a secret other things much to my wife's terror. Like what vampires? Um, you anyway. shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, then know. you want urban shadows because you could say oh. there are no vampires. You can say your group yeah. could say there are no werewolves, but there's magic and you could be very Harry Potter ish. That'd be fun. So you want Harry Potter, you want kids on brooms is what I just heard you say. (laughs) So those are the Kickstarters I found out there. If you guys found Kickstarters, post them in chat, go to the video when Jordan posts it up, hopefully before the day. Yeah. Or or leave it in our discord um, ahead of time. If if this is something that you really like and you want us to talk about it, we'd love to talk about it. Let us know. Um, Cause yeah, you're always looking for the the cool ones, you know, so help enable Lucian buy more uh, Kickstarters because he's a, he's a sucker. That's what you need to do. (laughs) he's a sucker so that's about all we had for news i think um i'm gonna be excited for next week's show to talk more about tasha's stuff um yeah but i think that kind of brings us over to our bardic inspiration you want to take us away? Bardic inspiration. um yeah uh treat yourself treat yourself um so I've been reading a book. Uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I was tweeting mm-hmm. out a couple days ago that I'm like, hey, I'm going to read for fun. Um, and I ended up reading uh, the first three or four. I can't, No, I read the first three um, short stories of an old book called The King in Yellow. Um, the King in Yellow is uh, public domain. It was written in, it was published in 1895. 
Um, and it's a bunch of short stories uh, by an American writer. Uh, and this is important in RPGs because it is the book that kind of inspired H.P. Lovecraft to write all of his stuff. And he wow. references, Lovecraft references some of the characters from this. And it's kind of the first, like, uh, psychological, scary, insanity, thriller book kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it is it is it is really good. The first story out of the gate is uh, this guy is, like, you're reading it, and he sounds very calculated and very, like, intelligent and, and, I don't know, for lack of a better word, very sane. But the more you read it, you're like, the, the way people interact with him, you're like, he is, he is, like, He's crazy. Like he's he's just There's something off. He is not guy. one like that. <laughs> and, and then the whole thing turns into. Anyway, it's really interesting. So, uh, I I actually got this off of Project Gutenberg for free and put it on my e-reader and just was reading it. It's a lot of fun. Nice. So uh, the King in Yellow. But but here's what I thought was really cool about it and why I wanted to read it is the King in Yellow is a fictional play that the writer references throughout these short stories, but it doesn't actually exist. Oh. And so there, there are always these people that are like, yeah, so I bought this play and I've been reading The King in Yellow and it's really making me see things in a different light. And they'll mm -hmm. quote it and all this other stuff. And they're like, well, what is The King in Yellow? And they're like, we have to read it to find out, but it doesn't exist. And I was like, that's so cool. Um, and so then I was thinking about this homebrew world that I've tried to create and things like that. And the, the King in Yellow working or or like a character that is the king in yellow or maybe like the cult of the king in yellow or something like that the cult of the mm -hmm. yellow robed kings uh and so i was i was coming up with all these really cool ideas and so it's one of those things like you can be inspired by so much uh and i don't have a specific thing but i i like the idea of them worshiping this other entity or this this uh play or this piece of literature that once you read it your mind is open to the far realm or something. And then you should have never done that. And uh, mm -hmm. so it's, it's been kind of fun. Uh, I don't know if I'll finish the whole book uh, because I have a lot of other things to read, but those, those first three were really fun to read. It was really interesting. And all of the, the King and yellow references, it's kind of cool. So <laughs> yeah, that's cool. my, my uh, bardic inspiration. I really liked it. Very cool. I wanted to round out this week. I'd been thinking about um, a lot of my latest suggestions have been, big changes to the world in some way. We did water world. We did center of the earth, you know, inner world. We did uh, dungeon world. We did all these things. And I thought I would round it out with the only one I really haven't brought up on the show, which is a full on desert world, you know, just full Arrakis, full spice, full, um, you know, dark sun, I guess, in some ways, because that's just a blasted planet of, of desert or Mad Max or anything you want to go at, but coming up with the idea of your campaign where it's basically sand upon sand upon sand with little outposts of utopia or oasises or things still struggling for the sand not to cover over, but probably the sand will cover it over in just the next few years or something anyways, yeah. you know, that whole idea. And how do you traverse what are the environmental effects that you're dealing with? What are the creatures that you have? How do you change everything into a sand something? So how does that affect werewolves and vampires and 
beholders and dragons and all this stuff how do they adapt or now are they sand dragons are they sandworms are they you know sand you know displacer beasts or whatever do you come up with different ones and um i just think it's interesting i like i also like the idea that somehow you have a ship that sails on sand you come up with a way that it cuts through the the material of the sand until it gets you have to go around rock you have to make sure you don't hit rock but that would allow you to have like sand skimmers and things and do some cool stuff with that. I thought would be really cool. And then having water as such a scarcity and such a thing that maybe take create water, the spell completely out and then have to figure out everything's based around. Mm -hmm. It's not gold, it's water rights or it's trading of water or it's trading of this kind of stuff. So where could you go with your currency and how does that change a little bit? Um, is it a desert and it's hot? Is it a desert and it's cold? You could go with it's both. Like it you could, could do, both. you know, Mars <laughs> is is quite a bit of desert and it could be very cold and it doesn't have to be, yeah. Or it could be at night it's super yeah. cold in the day it's super hot. You know, like Sahara type thing. So, lots of cool things. What's it? What creatures have adapted to it? Which ones haven't? Which ones have died out? The idea that you go past big giant bones of things that have mm -hmm. perished out in the wastes. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that's an evocative. You could play a oh, lot of different great. style Dune, of games that way. Yeah. Dune's amazing. Yeah. And uh, playing a survival game is really good. Yeah. And that can be a lot of fun. Uh, but also, yeah. So immediately I'm thinking of the Dungeon Crawl Classics. Take a drink. Uh, Peril on the Purple Planet is a go. really fun. Um, not, not in a, well, it's not a one shot. It is like a, it came in a box set. So it's a bunch of mm -hmm. little adventures of you exploring this purple planet. Um, that, that is a complete desert wasteland, but underneath there's life. And, and so if you can figure out how to get under the earth, under the sand, then you'll find things. And there's, there's weird monsters and robots and things like that. And a lot of times you're walking around and you're just like, what happened to this place? You know, right. because like. There's clearly, there used to be a city here, but now it's under eight feet of sand. Like, what is yeah. going on? Um, and that, I like that a lot, especially when you're very unfamiliar with it. Like, because uh, you can play those games in two different ways. Like, are you magically transported to Arrakis and you have to kind of figure out what's going on? Or are you uh, part of the Fremen society that is it's always living there way. and this is how it has always been? And yeah. you're now this dealing- This is the way. Yeah, you're dealing with invaders or something. <laughs> Um, yeah, or your child that you're taking care of eats all of the weird lizard folk eggs, and you're just like, exactly. "What are you doing? You can't eat those. How Get many of those did you mouth. eat? This is <laughs> stop it. Behave ever. yourself." And it's awkward, and it's just frustrating. Yeah. But the if you watch my latest uh, Spelljammer video, we understand that the hippo folk of Spelljammer, the GIF, they GIF. are the Mandalorians. Um, yeah, they are one and the same. And Perfect. It's amazing. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that was my bardic inspiration. Cool. Um, I'll probably try to move off and give some other ideas that are not just world environment ideas that you have to deal with. Cause we did the cliff. We did the, you know, we did all these ones where the world is just this big thing you have to deal with. And it's different than anything we've ever mm -hmm. seen before. Um, so I think those have been, those should round out the big, you know, you're on this planet of whatever. So I think that's pretty cool. That's it for my Bardic Inspiration. We got some games that I heard you played. I played a tiny bit of games. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, do you want to go? 
Well, yeah, I'll just go real quick. I did Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We're still in it. We're third level is a very big level. Not, okay. not probably a spoiler for anybody. Um, we're still looking for the infamous Skullport, which we've all rumored to hear is below and somewhere located on third level. You'll hear that just about anywhere in the campaign. We haven't found it yet. So I'm really interested to see what Skullport is. I, I still have made sure my eyes and I've not read ahead or, or went and seen anything online to tell me because I want to be surprised and excited when I first get to see it and what it is. And that, is it big? Is it small? Is it fun? You know, is it dangerous? Is it crazy? What, what's going on? So mm. that's interesting. Those are on Tuesday nights. We're still running with that. Once Tasha hits, I know there's a bunch of character changes that some of our characters are going through. I'm playing the Twilight Domain, so that's in Tasha's book of the, oh, okay. um, the clear you, Twilight Domain. You'll just domain. use the official rules then. And yeah, we're going to move okay. to the official rules for that, which is cool. But um, So that's going really well. Uh, level six fighter, level one cleric so far. Um, so we'll see how far that goes. It's been Eric Hokra. Been okay. really fun really fun so what about jordan's game you played a bunch of games it looks like uh yeah well i played well two yeah but uh one of them is an announcement that i will be playing a special guest which is exciting Ooh. but uh rod of seven parts they're in pandemonium uh and they're running around so there's a, a magical place in pandemonium called the howler's craig where if you the rumor is if you stand on it you uh can shout like a question into the air and the winds of pandemonium will take it to whoever it needs to go to and they will respond to you alive or dead. So it's this cool magical place where you can, and nobody really knows why it works or how it works, but it's just this weird part of pandemonium. And I love stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, another interesting place about it though, is if it doesn't understand how to, uh, or one of the ways it can help you assist you is, is teleport you. And it's, it's an unknown. This is not known to a lot of people, but, uh, if you get up there and you say, uh, I don't know, Plane of Fire or City of Brass, you could get teleported to that area. Um, so my players are looking for this treasure cache of magical items and stuff from, uh, they, they, it's part of their side quest to go find this thing, but they don't know where it is. So they have the idea of using the Howler's Craig to ask the dead guy who owned it, where is it? And... It was interesting, and I wanted to talk about this because, like, as a DM, you make a lot of mistakes sometimes. And this is one of the times where they asked about that, and I was trying to give them the information, but I didn't know how. And I was stumbling over my words, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think you kind of know. Oh. And then it hit me that I should just have it teleport them there. <laughs> and so I, I stopped the game, and I was like, I'm sorry. Can we, can we forget that all of that ever happened and go back to when Rikiri actually asks the question? And everyone said yes. And I was like, okay, here's what actually happens. And then she teleports away. And they're all like, what? And so my, <laughs> my point with that is don't be scared to just be like, I made a mistake, but I, I know how yeah, to fix it. Rewind it. <laughs> let's, let's just rewind real quick and go forward yeah. with this. Oftentimes your players are like, oh, that is way better. That is really cooler. And they'll be on board yeah. for it. So, so don't be afraid to do that. Uh, and I mean, I'm streaming to the internet, like how embarrassing Jordan, like you're not a professional mm -hmm. DM, you know, and I'm not, but, uh, <laughs> I thought it was a good learning experience for everyone that you could just be like, wait, I, yeah. I fixed it in my head while I was talking. Um, so now our party split, you know, two of them got teleported over here. Two of them are still at the Howler's Craig a demon shows up. Uh, we're tomorrow and Wednesday is going to be a very interesting show. Be a lot of fun. <laughs> 
Um, Wildmount, we had some really good fights in Wildmount. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and now we're on the hunt for some magical plants that drain life from creatures because we found mm. out that the opposing side of the uh, enemies, they're apparently going to use dragons as like weapons. So they sure. have okay. dragons and they're trying to do it. And so this side was trying to like manipulate dragons to get their own weapons. But now they're using these, these plants that can drain life. So uh, we pseudo agreed to go find these plants and bring them back. So that's kind of what we're doing there. Um, but my, my special announcement is uh, I've been making these Spelljammer videos and there is a Spelljammer uh, streamed game on Twitch. And I think they upload to YouTube. Uh, it called Better Than Heroes. And they reached out and they were just like, we love your videos. It's so cool. You should like be a guest on our Spelljammer game. And I was like, yes, one. <laughs> yes, I should. <laughs> so uh, in December, uh, I think they stream on Monday nights, but in and I'll let you guys know the okay. dates via Twitter and stuff. But uh, so he's like, you can play pretty much anything you want. Like, what do you want to play? And I'll probably wait till Tasha's comes out. Uh, but I was like, I think I definitely want to be a gith, like Spelljamming gith, fighting mind yeah. flares being awesome i've always wanted to play a gith and this just feels like the mm -hmm. best time to do it so gith uh, yankee or gith zarai i don't know yet depends on oh, the character do i need nice. that strength bonus or that wisdom bonus that's right oh but i could just swap it in around tasha's you can just tasha's, do what you want that. i forgot about that <laughs> very exciting yeah. so uh yeah so i'm gonna build this cool gith i don't have a name or anything yet but uh i i that. still that's on my list to build a cool gith character i oh. want to have built a good one in my D, D career at least because <laughs> they that fiend folio picture of the gith yankee on the cover has been what drew me into dungeons and dragons back in the day in the first place and it was just like Oh, I got to make one character at least yeah. of them. No, they're fun. It's an, it, it's not a character that I would really want to drop in a non-Spelljammer, non-Planescape setting. And I know like the Forgotten Realms, like everybody can, but like you don't see a lot of Gith just walking around the realms, uh, aside from Baldur's Gate 3. But like that one came from a Spelljamming ship, like the, mm -hmm. the Nautiloid of the, so that makes more sense, but I like it. Yeah. Anyway. And with Baldur's Gate 3, I mean, you get to play through that and you could play a gith if you want. And there's a gith in your party, which is fun to interact with them. And that's a really cool yeah. character model there too. So good stuff. Anyway, that's that's what I want to do. So those are my games. Uh, yeah, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's uh, it. Yeah, Wrap thank it you. Up. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, I have to go celebrate a birthday and uh, run a bunch of errands, but very excited. Um, I think I'm going to have maybe one or two more Spelljammer videos come out, which is kind of exciting. But I also have another video that I'm working on uh, that will maybe come out next week as well. I'm trying to, I've got a lot of ideas for stuff, so it's kind of exciting. But so stay tuned. Uh, we will be back next week on the Saturday Morning D&D Show with a whole bunch of stuff talking about Tasha's. If our books arrive, if they don't arrive, we'll probably use D&D Beyond and just read it all there. But uh, yeah, for uh, sure. We'll <laughs> um, I think my book is scheduled to arrive. Um, oh, and I bought some more. I've been going Invisible Sun crazy, and I bought some more Invisible Sun books uh, that will come in the mail today. So I got to play it. I got to <laughs> gotta play that game so bad. Uh, and there's a good online resources. So I should just give up on my actual sit at the table with all of the props and stuff that come with that game and just play it online. So uh, I might yeah. have to do that. Anything else before we leave, Mr. Lucian? Nope. Everybody, thanks for coming in. Chat, add your stuff to, like we said, come into Discord. 
go into our chat of the video yeah. or just tweet us out there. Uh, interact with us, talk with us, tell your friends about us. Uh, go to the um, wherever you're watching our podcast or getting our podcast if you're just listening to us yeah. and not looking at our faces, which is also fine. Uh, give us a, you know, give us a rating there yeah. too because it always helps out. That's, yeah, it gets the word out. It's awesome. So, all right. Thanks everybody. We will see you next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.